Welcome, and thank you for listening to the podcast of North Etowah Baptist Church. Visit us online at northetowah.org. Rather than church being a place where people far from God are met with shame, guilt, and condemnation, we believe Jesus leads us to be a family that extends His grace, mercy, and forgiveness to everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's service. Uh, Tell your copy of God's Word. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians 4. F.B. Meyer wrote in The Secret of Guidance, The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. The great tragedy in life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. This past week, I think it was Thursday, Friday afternoon, I was over in Athens at Speedway fueling up one of our vehicles. And as I was standing there uh, getting fuel, I just had it on, you know, you fix the thing, and they got the video screen doing all that rambling and going on. And I noticed next to the fuel pump, next to every fuel pump actually, there was this white box on the pole, and it had this red cylinder inside it, and it was covered in glass, And it said, in case of emergency, break this glass. Of course, that was a fire extinguisher. And if you were to have a fire, I guarantee you we'd be breaking that glass trying to to put out the fire. And I got to thinking, break in case of emergency. It got me thinking about prayer, even more so. I thought, what a great illustration to bring this morning. Prayer. Instead of prayer being something that we do all the time or something, some of us, that we do every day, you know, it might be something like breathing or like eating or like walking or talking. That's the way prayer should be. But instead of being that way, prayer for most of us is in case of emergency, break this glass. We use prayer in emergency situations. You see, prayer, for the most part, I would contend, is an untapped resource. Prayer is, is, is an unexplored continent. Prayer is an untold treasure. Prayer is something that's remained unearthed. Prayer. You know, prayer is talked about, and we talked about it a lot in January, Prayer is talked about, and it's one of the greatest gifts, but it's one of the least used. I'd say it's one of the great, it might be the, I guess it is, the greatest gift other than salvation is prayer, that we can talk to Almighty God. It's talked about, but it's practiced less than anything a lot of times. We talk about it a lot, but we sure don't practice it. That's prayer. You know, Paul here in Colossians, he understood prayer and its power. And prayer was a part of Paul's life. And prayer was such a vital part of his life that he assumed prayer would be a part of every Christian's life. Boy, was he wrong. (laughs) You know, just like you can't be married to your spouse and not talk to him or her, the same is true with God. And prayer. If you don't talk to your spouse, you're going to be miserable. If you don't talk to God through prayer, 
you're going to be miserable. You see, prayer is the pipeline of communication between you and God. Now, here in Colossians, Colossians chapter 4, and it's printed out for you on the screen in front of you, but it's also in your copy of God's Word, which I hope you have open before you. In Colossians chapter 4, we'll look at verses 2 and 3. Colossians chapter 4, 2 and 3. Paul is writing to the church at Colossae here, and in verse number 2, he says very clearly in Colossians 4, verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us. And then he continues on. That God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Would you join me in prayer? And let's ask God to continue leading in this service. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I have my hand on your word and I thank you for it. I thank you that we all have your word open to us. And now, God, I pray that your word would speak. Let us hear from you. Let your Holy Spirit reign in this time we have together. Let my mouth speak the words that we all need to hear. And I pray that you would be exalted above everything. Let Christ be exalted above all. We know that Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. And so, Father, now, thank you for the honor, the privilege of talking to you through prayer. And I pray that we do not take prayer for granted. And thank you for this time again. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask. Amen. The first thing that you see in this verse, continue steadfastly. That means to pray with persistence. That's the first point this morning. Pray with persistence. Paul wants you to learn to pray with persistence. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Paul begins there with those very simple words. If you have the New American Standard, it probably says devote yourself to prayer. You got the New King James, it may say continue earnestly in prayer. But that continue steadfastly is one word in Greek. And that word means to persist. That word means to adhere firmly to. That means stick to it. That means to remain devoted to. That word continues steadfastly. It carries the idea of dedication. Be dedicated, persistent in prayer. Persistence in prayer is not an option for Christians. We have got to be persistent. In our prayer life, it's not an option. It's a command from the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke 18, 1, jot that down. He told them a parable, and he said they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said to pray and not lose heart, dear friend. We find the promise in God's word when Jesus was talking in Luke 11 and verse 9. He said to ask and it will be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Ask, notice that. Ask, seek, knock. I want to ask some of you English majors or you teachers out there. What tense are those verbs in? Ask, seek, knock. Can somebody tell me what tense? Present tense. You are correct. I believe some of you English majors had help there. Thank you. You you know that, that they are in the present tense. That means it could be translated this way. 
Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. That's, that's Jesus saying to you, friend, he don't want you to give up on prayer. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. That's Jesus saying. He's instructing you, commanding you. That's in Luke 11, 9 again. He's saying, keep on doing it. Keep on praying. He is wanting you to be persistent. He is instructing you to be persistent. Persistent means not giving up, but it doesn't mean long. Now, it can mean long if the Lord leads you, but it doesn't mean that you have to pray some long, drawn-out prayer. It just means be persistent in your communication with God. Some people quit praying just because they're tired. The joy is gone. They don't feel like praying. It's just... Friends, we're not told to live by our feelings. We're told to live by commandments. And the commandment that Jesus gave us was to be persistent in our prayer life. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. We are not given the option whether we want to talk to God or not. He commands us to talk to Him. Friend, we should want to communicate with Him. Think about all that he has done for you. You know, the more, or the less, I should say, the less we read God's word, the less we desire to read it. The less we talk to him, the less we're going to desire to talk to him. So I, I am encouraging everyone, myself included, let's talk to him more. Let's talk to him some more. Instead of just running to him in emergency crisis situations, let's run to him all the time. Let's communicate with him and be persistent in our prayer life. Secondly, in this scripture before you, Paul is encouraging us to pray with passion. Passion. First one is persistence. The second is passion. Notice he said, be watchful in it. Being watchful in it. If you persist in something, it stands to reason that you're going to be passionate about it. Jesus was passionate about his prayer life. He was always doing it. Another book I read was S.D. Gordon in Quiet Times with Prayer. He said this, how much prayer meant to Jesus. It was not only his regular habit, but his resort in every emergency, however slight or how serious. When perplexed, he prayed. When hard-pressed by work, he prayed. When hungry for fellowship, he found it in prayer. He chose his associates and received his messages upon his knees. If tempted, he prayed. If criticized, he prayed. If fatigued in body or wearied in spirit, he had recourse to his one unfailing habit of prayer. Prayer brought him unmeasured power at the beginning and kept the flow unbroken and undiminished. There was no emergency, no difficulty, no necessity, no temptation that would not yield 
to prayer. Friends, that's the example that Jesus gave to you and me. And you got to notice this. Every time we see Jesus praying in Scripture, he is praying with passion, with passion. At his baptism in Luke 3, 21, while he was praying, heaven was opened up. Friends, that tells me passionate prayer opens up heaven. Before he called his disciples in Luke 6, 12, he spent the whole night in prayer. You know what, friends, that tells me? Passionate prayer gives direction. At his transfiguration in Luke 9 and verse 29, while he was praying, his radiance changed, his countenance changed, his face and clothing began to radiate. That tells me passionate prayer enables you and me to experience the glory of the Father. In his high priestly prayer, in John 17, his passionate prayer impacts the lives of others. At the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 6, 39, only through passionate prayer are our hearts poured out to God. Just pour them out to Him. And then you remember, on the cross of Calvary, the, the, our stained glass window on my right and your left depicts it so wonderfully. We're going to celebrate Easter resurrection morning here in a few weeks. We was talking to the children about the cross and what Jesus did for us on the cross. But you got to remember what he did, friend. He was hung on that old rugged piece of wood, nailed to it. He was hanging there. And in Luke 23 and verse 34, his life lived out in passionate prayer. When you live out your life, leading up to a great crisis moment. When you've been passionate about prayer your whole life, it's going to enable you, even in those dark, hard times, to maintain that same spirit. Even in the most difficult of circumstances, in Luke 23, 34, Jesus prayed from the cross, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was talking about those that were crucifying him that day. There on Calvary's hill, Golgotha, the cross. But you know what? He was looking ahead to me and to you. Saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How humbling it is for me to think about how I failed my Lord. And yet he tells God to forgive me. How humbling it should be to all of us. That should drive us to pray more passionately. Jesus prayed passionately because, friend, he knew who he was praying to. He knew who he was talking to. Jesus knew that his prayer was to the Father. He knew how powerful that prayer is. And he did not take prayer lightly. He knew that it was an important part of his life. He prayed from the heart, not just from his head. 
He didn't worry with super words or he just said what he wanted to say to God the Father. And he talked to him in normal language and just said, God, calling out to him. He didn't talk just from his head, but he taught from his heart. Jesus taught us to pray, friends, through his example and through his teaching. If you remember, in the Sermon on the Mount, he was preaching there in Matthew 5, 6, 7. But there in Matthew 6, he's, he's preaching, and just before he starts to give the model prayer, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, you may call it, Our Father which art in heaven. You know how it goes. Hallowed be thy name. That's what he was getting ready to say. But you know what he said just before he said that? He said, Matthew 6, 7, And when you pray, don't, he don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they're going to be heard for their many words. He, he said, don't just say a bunch of fluff. He said, when you're talking to God, talk to him. And, 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 and go to him with all seriousness and passion. When you talk to your wife, men, do you do this? I love you. Oh, I really love you. Oh, I just wanted you to know today that I love you. I just want to tell you again today how much I love you. I'm so glad that I have this time to tell you that I love you and just to be able to say I love you. Now would you please feed the children and please clean the house and may all go well with you. Amen. Friends, that's sometimes the way our prayer life is. If you, if you cut it straight, isn't that what we do a lot of times? In prayer, talking to God? But you know James 5, 16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's working. So friends, today, this is just a reminder to you and me. Pray with persistence. Pray with passion the way that Jesus did. And thirdly, Paul writing here, he said, pray with thankfulness, thankfulness. In verses 2 and 3, again, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. End of verse number 2. Paul never failed to mention thanksgiving when he was talking. If you remember Ephesians 5.20, he said, thanksgiving is a natural result of being filled and, and, and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In Philippians 4, 6, he said, don't be anxious for anything, but within everything we should pray and give thanks. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Paul again, he said, give thanks at all times because that's God's will for us. Paul again in, 1, uh, I mean in Colossians 3, 17, he said, do everything in the Lord's name, giving thanks for everything. And then in 1 Timothy 4, 4, he said, food and marriage are good. Give thanks for them. So friends, when you go eat this afternoon, give thanks for it. When you sit down around the table at home, give thanks for it. 
That's the way God wants us to do, in attitude of thanksgiving all the time. When you think about your spouse, give thanks for him or her. When you think about your children, your family, your parents, whoever, give thanks. Let God know how appreciative you are. He wants us to pray with thanksgiving. Expressing that gratitude articulates our dependence on him. Saying, God, we know we wouldn't have it if it weren't for you. It demonstrates our relationship with him. It, it, it communicates our gratitude and our proper attitudes toward what he has done for us. And it generates humility. Friends, we all need a little more humility in our lives before God. We are nothing without him. So he wants us to pray with persistence, pray with passion, and he wants us to pray with thanksgiving. And then finally he says, at the same time in verse 3, at the same time, pray also for us. Paul is saying here, writing, that we must pray, making intercession. And if you go forward after, after where I stopped here on the screen, if you go a little bit further, praying also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in, pres uh, I am in prison. This intercessory prayer, essentially, friends, is praying for other people. Praying for others. Praying that God's will would be accomplished in the lives of other people. Intercessory prayer is characterized in the prayer life of Jesus. He was always praying for others. We have got to learn how to pray, and I say no other person to learn from than none other than Jesus Christ as he walked on the faces of this earth as the Messiah, as our King of kings, as our Lord of lords, as our Savior. And, and we can learn from Scripture that Jesus was praying for us. It says in Isaiah 53, the Old Testament... He bore the sin of many, prophesying. He bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. That's Jesus. In Luke twenty-two thirty-two, 32, Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. From the cross, as we talked about a minute ago, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Jesus was praying for the church when he prayed in, in John 17, 9. He said, I'm praying for them and not, I am not praying for the world, but for those that you've given to me, the church. Jesus was praying intercessory for us. He interceded for us, asking God the Father to send the Holy Spirit in John 14, verse 16. In Romans 8, 34, Jesus sits at the right hand of God interceding for us. Hebrews 7.25 He is able to save those who draw nigh to Him since He's always there making intercession for us. Jesus prayed those intercessory prayers. He is always praying for others. Paul wanted us to intercede on his behalf praying for Him so that the spread of the gospel would occur. If you notice there in verses 3 and, and, and then going into verse 4, I think, no, but mainly verse 3, Paul was not asking for you to pray that he would be released from prison. He said, pray for us that we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
He wasn't saying, let me out of these chains. He was saying, help me to be able to be a better witness and testimony for Jesus Christ in the world. Friends, today I ask you and me both, what about our prayer life? Have we been praying with persistence? Have you been praying with passion? Have you been praying with thankfulness? Have you been interceding on behalf of others? Have your prayers been directed like Paul at expanding the kingdom of God? Or have your prayers been like so many of us? God, would you expand my petty little kingdom here on earth? see the difference in how Paul was writing and how Jesus was commanding and teaching us? Friend, when's the last time that you and I prayed for somebody that's going to eternity in hell? You see, it starts to get, it starts to hit home when we really look in the mirror at ourselves have I been praying the way I... No, I've not. But I'm convicted that I know we need to pray more. Do we really want to reach the lost and dying world outside our doors? Have you been praying for them? Whoever that may be? Do you understand what I'm saying here? God's people, we are called to pray and talk to God. Our relationship depends on you and me talking to Him. God wants us to talk to Him. So what's your prayer life look like? Persistent? Passionate? Thankful? Who are you praying for like we talked to the kids this morning? You've been praying for somebody's salvation? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, now it's your turn to let the Spirit talk to you. Maybe you need to come pray this morning for whatever the need is. Let's get our prayer lives in check. Whatever your need is this morning, this time of response is for you. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. I pray that everything that occurs in these next few moments would be in accordance with your will. Lord, I pray that our prayer life, <laughs> I pray that our prayer life would be stronger, more persistent, more powerful. God, that we would be more thankful to you, praying for others. And Lord, let us be passionate for you. God, whatever needs to occur that's in your will for this time of response, I pray that it would occur and that none of us would hold back. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You've been listening to the services at North Etowah Baptist Church. If you made a decision for Christ today, 
head over to northetawad.org slash contact. Fill out the form and someone from our staff will be quick to contact you. Not to mention, we'd love to worship with you. All worship times and other activities can be found on our website. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.